RadioInfluence.com. Today on Crush Performance, we're talking injuries in sport, back pain, and pain management. Injuries are one of the top reasons athletes drop out of sport. And when we look at back pain and back injuries, well, the stats are alarming. Injuries knock us out of sport, keep us from work, and maybe more importantly, back pain and injury can keep us from spending time with our friends and family and from doing the things we love to do. So today, let's break it down and get some answers. Roll that intro. You're listening to Crush Performance with the Crusher, Jeff Crushell. Get in on the talent grid and text Crush at 101260 with your questions, comments, or smart-ass remarks. Welcome to Crush Performance, everybody. I am Jeff Crushell, and we're your weekly source for performance information. Hey, if you want to reach out to us, do so. Crushperformance.com is the website. Info at Crush Performance is our email. If you have any questions, need any help, or if you have a topic or something you'd like us to investigate, do not hesitate to write us. We answer every message we get. And trust me, your feedback, questions, and guidance has steered this show. We may dedicate an entire episode or certainly even a segment to your topic, so please do reach out. And if you just need some help, I can tell you this. If we don't have the answers, we know somebody who does, and we will reach out for you. I guarantee it. So let's get down to it. Today on the show, as mentioned, we're talking injuries in sport. And more to the point, we're going to talk with Dr. Darren Gray from Health Point Medical about dealing with back pain, chronic pain, and pain management. They do a fantastic job over there, but uh, today's topic is kind of selfish in some ways. For those of you who know and listen to the show, uh, you know I've been going through some serious, serious back pain here over the last couple of years. And it's not getting better. And I've been through the gauntlet. We're going through the process just like we would with one of my athletes. And now it's getting serious. But boy, oh boy, do I understand chronic pain right now. But I'm intrigued as to why it happens. I know why mine happened. I'm an idiot. You know, crashing mountain bikes and water skiing and skiing backcountry. You know, that's high risk stuff. So I know why mine happened. But when you look at some of the statistics surrounding back and back pain, it's alarming. In Canada, back problems are among the most common chronic conditions in our population. Four out of five adults will experience at least one episode of back pain at some time in their lives. Four out of five. And it's happening mostly in people between 30 and 50 years of age. Right? So we need to talk about how do we avoid it. In the U.S., nearly 65 million Americans report a recent episode of back pain. And 8% of all adults experience persisting or chronic back pain and are limited in certain everyday activities. Chronic back pain is the stuff that lasts and just won't go away. The acute stuff is sort of short duration. That's where most back problems sort of fall. Short duration, most of them correct themselves quite easily with the the guidance of, of medical experts. But it is also the sixth most costly condition in the United States healthcare. Incredible. When we look at the global scale, get this. Back pain is one of the most common medical conditions. Over 80% of adults experience it at some point in their lives. 80% of the world's population. And low back pain is the leading cause of disability worldwide. You know, in the crush performance world, we're so focused on sport all the time. And listen, I have helped some athletes and I've worked with athletes who've gone through terrible, terrible back issues. 
in football and hockey and baseball, you name it, it's happened. And, you know, because of the nature of sport, if that's what you do day in and day out, you would think it kind of makes sense that you're at higher risk for back pain and back injuries, especially in those heavy duty collision and contact sports. Without question, it's true. So preparing those athletes for the contact and the demands of the sport is absolutely critical. Why aren't we doing it for the general population? I mean, think about it. We talk about sport and preparing for sport. And I've said it time and time again on the show, and I'm a staunch believer in this. Nobody on the planet has been able to change my mind. Most sports take, take away more than they give back. And what I mean by that is, if all you do is play your sport, you're going to have a fairly low ceiling of potential. You're just not going to develop to your true sport potential. It's not possible. And not only that, if all you do is play your sport, you're going to be at a higher risk of injury. Without question, you need to prepare for sport. The sporting demands will only take you so far. And at some point, you reach that critical tipping point of diminishing returns where it starts going the other way. Maybe it's imbalances in range of motion or posture. Maybe it's overuse injuries from a particular movement in your sport. Or maybe it's just the risk of a high collision, high impact sporting environment. I'm not sure. There's many different reasons. But if you're not preparing for that, you're going to be at higher risk. So we know that athletes who are injured drop out of sport more. Much higher risk of dropping out of sport for athletes who are injured. And studies have shown this. And not only have they shown that injuries are responsible for dropping out or withdrawal from sports, the frequency and the severity of the injuries. Athletes that have one or more injury in a season have a much higher risk of dropping out and leaving sport altogether forever than athletes who are healthy. So why aren't we spending more time preparing for sport? In the workforce, what do we do? Think about it. Think about everyday life. This sport. But what about everyday life where you got to go to your job and do your job, whether you are in an office or whether you're in a shop or whether you're on an assembly line or a construction site or whatever it might be. How much time do you spend preparing for the demands of your job? And we see the injury rates climbing across the board. So today, let's talk about it. Let's see if we can get some answers. The statistics are true. They're there and they're alarming. And like we always say on the show, A problem accurately defined is already partially solved. So let's do it right after the break. We'll be joined by Dr. Darren Gray from Health Point Medical Centers as we dig down into acute and chronic pain, pain management, the use of painkillers in medicine, and return to sport. Right after this on Crush Performance, stick around, everybody. If you have any performance questions, comments, or smart remarks, text Crusher at 101260 and follow him on Twitter at Jeff Crush. Now, here he is, the Crusher. Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. We're your weekly source for performance information, and I am glad you are with us today because there is a good chance that today's conversation is going to directly relate to you, if not right now, at some point in your life. 80% of the population will suffer from some form of back pain or back injury. And that's a big number. And when you consider the statistics that we mentioned at the start of the show, you know, coming out of Canada, four to five adults will experience at least one episode of back pain at some point in time. From the US, nearly 65 million Americans report recent episodes of back pain. And back pain in the US is the sixth most costly condition in the healthcare system. Incredible. 
And from the global picture, from the World Health Organization, back pain is one of the most common medical conditions with over 80% of adults experiencing it during some point in their life. Low back pain is the leading cause of disability worldwide, and 50% of all working adults report having back pain symptoms each year. So we've got a big problem. And I'm not going to lie to you, today's topic is a little selfish, but also, honestly, I just want to share this with you. I've been going through chronic back pain for almost two years right now, and we've tried everything under the sun. I have gone through the gamut, and it continues. We're still working on it with some incredible experts. But man, this chronic pain, it wears you out. So for anybody who's ever dealt with some kind of chronic pain, hats off. I salute you. I understand now what you're dealing with. For all the athletes that I've worked with and tried to help through those hard times, I now have a better understanding. I'm going to be better for this uh, moving forward in helping my athletes deal with some of the chronic issues they're having. But when it, you look at the statistics revolving around low back, low back injuries and, and back pain, chronic pain, um, man, oh man, we're not doing enough or maybe we don't have a deep enough understanding of what it's all about because it's running rampant and it's not getting any better. So I wanted to have a very, very deep conversation today to shed some light on this topic because it's going to impact almost all of us at some point. Some of it will be minor. Most of it is minor and can be taken care of in short order. But when it turns chronic, man, that's when the deeper conversations need to happen. Let's try to prevent it. And the only way to prevent it is to understand it. And that's why I really wanted today's conversation to go down. So let's get to it. We're joined now by Dr. Darren Gray from Health Point Medical Centers. Dr. Gray, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, a very important conversation because um, what we're about to discuss is is either going to impact or has impacted the majority of our population at some time. And that's that, that whole area of musculoskeletal conditions and your specialty is sort of spine pain and spine pain management. We know you're one of the busiest people on earth right now, unfortunately. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no shortage of patients um, living with back pain. And I'm certainly uh, fortunate to, uh, to um, you know, work with a great team um, with, uh, you know, with a lot of support to help manage uh, people's pain and get them back doing things they want to do. Well, and that's an interesting point right there. You know, one of the things we love about HealthPoint and the whole uh, system there is that interdisciplinary approach that, you know, I come from professional sports and, you know, you have all these incredible experts right there, you know, tackling uh, um, uh, injuries and and rehabilitation and bouncing ideas off of each other. And that's something that, that you guys have created over there at HealthPoint because um, any injury, not just back, back pain, or these chronic pains, it could be an acute injury. There's levels to this, and and it does take a team. No, it surely does. And you know, um, I do I do uh, work with teams and athletes, but I, I would say that a majority of the people I treat is an everyday hardworking person that has uh, pain that's looking to get back to everyday activities and work, or maybe recreational activities. And I tell everyone that I'm only as good as the team the team I work with because the uh, just like in sports, I think um, many people are aware that the players have access to exceptional uh, physicians and therapists and physiotherapists and um, chiropractors. They, and they have a whole team surrounding them to get them back to the game. And, you know, our approach at health point is that we need to treat everyone like they're a professional athlete and that they, they, they get uh, you know, they get a team approach to their, their care. And I think that honestly, that's the, the best way to manage um, low back pain or any real chronic pain condition, especially because, you know, um, everybody has their role on the team. 
I think if people are working in isolation, no matter what you do, uh, whatever your area of expertise is, is that you can only go so far and um, you, you have to utilize other people and other members of the team to get good outcomes. Yeah, because it is a process, right? An injury occurs. The injury has to be assessed and identified. We have to have a clear understanding of maybe why it happened, but what is actually going on in order to attack it properly. And then you have to treat and manage it. And then you have to return the athlete or the person back to the workplace or return to play. And each each step along the way is an incredibly important part of that that unique process that is injury injury management, I guess. Yeah, you're right. You're bang on. Um, one of the, yeah, I mean, like one of the things they have to realize is that, you know, um, I, I definitely work in the setting where a majority of the people I'm seeing fall into pain that hasn't re- responded or recovered, um, you know, within a, a normal healing time of what we would expect. So I, I tend to get a bit of a biased population in that people, people's pain has persisted longer than, than, than the normal course of, of pain from that injury. Um, and, uh, and so these are the people that really require a, a, a specific diagnosis, um, and a detailed treatment plan that's comprehensive and individual to them, um, and their circumstances. So, um, you know, one of the, um, things with back pain is that, um, like we talked about before is that, you know, 80% of individuals experience back pain at some point in their life and that. The, mo- the the most important thing is that they know that most of these episodes are short-lived and will resolve on their own. Um, and that often we just need to either support them through that really painful period of time. Um, and knowing that, that most causes of back pain are not serious or um, like in terms of, uh, you know, something horrible going on or terribly harmful and that it will resolve. Um, but when it doesn't, many people come to our clinic to be further looked into and to help determine what's going on and, um, like I said, I think the, the first step is a comprehensive assessment and giving them a diagnosis because the diagnosis is what dictates the plan, the treatment plan and, and you know, uh, rehabilitation plan that they're going to participate in. Yeah, well, I'm not going to lie to you. This <laughs> interview is kind of selfish in a way <laughs> because for the first time in my life, Dr. Gray, I am actually dealing with some serious back issues and, and I never thought it would happen to me. It's one of those stories, I, I guess that probably everybody says, I didn't think it would happen to me, but here I am um, dealing with some nasty business. And, and I will tell you this right now, um, I, I, I've been working with everybody over there at HealthPoint. Um, the process has been really reassuring and it is a little more serious than we all thought it was at the beginning. And it's, it's just sort of getting an understanding, but going through the process has been very, very enlightening to me. And uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have this discussion with you today, we're talking with Dr. Darren Gray from HealthPoint Medical Centers. You could check out their great information at healthpoint.com. Uh, Dr. Gray, would it be fair to say that the back then, you know, we look at those stats, like you mentioned, 80% of the population at some point is going to have some kind of back issue. Um, is it fair to say the back is the weak link? Yeah, well, I guess I've never really, you know, thought of it in that way. But, when, you know, when you phrase it that way, you have to certainly think that it is, you know, for those of any individuals who've injured their back before, we know that it, an injury to the back is, it can cause significant uh, pain, but also impacts your, almost any aspect of your life, whether it's bending over to tie your shoes or um, picking your kids up or um, even sitting at your desk at work. So I, I think that uh, one of the, the challenges that I, I see with a lot of my patients with low back pain is that um, we know the recurrence rate is extremely high. And so once you've had that, that, you know, that first episode of low back pain, um, many individuals kind of get through that episode and, you know, they, they probably didn't adequately rehab their back or, or adequately um, 
identify all the factors that led to the, back, the episode of back pain in the first place, and they tend to have many recurrences. Um, it's not always possible to, to prevent the next episode, but I, I, I do think that with identifying what led to it uh, and um, basically targeting your treatment around that uh, and correcting any deficiencies in your strength or your flexibility or, or looking at environmental factors that, uh, led, that could have led to the uh, back pain in the first place, we can probably do a much better job at uh, you know, reducing the, the number of back injuries we see or that we experience and um, the, the disability as a result of them. Right. No, and I can attest to its impact on daily life. I mean, just the other day, I was asking my daughter to put my socks on for me for crying out loud. That's how I'm laughing because of frustration more than anything. So I do do totally understand that for sure. And it is real. And, and, and you're right. Isn't it interesting? You know, we, we know that the back is one of the most common uh, disabilities worldwide, back pain and, and back injury. Um, maybe we're not doing enough to really set ourselves up to avoid it. You know, Dr. Gray, working in, in sport, like take soccer. You know, I've coached my daughter's soccer team forever since they were little duffers right up to now. They're, they're, they're teenagers. And we know that non-contact ACL injuries is one of the most common injuries in, in female sport and certainly soccer, you know, through those growth years, those 12, 13, 14 years of age. And we do have to attack that to, to help prevent it. Um, do you think we're doing enough to help people really get to a place where they might not experience a back injury? Well, it's interesting you say that because, you know, especially with what, the, you know, you've identified the ACL um, research and data, and it, there's actually been quite a bit of uh, studies and uh, kind of research that's gone into ACL prevention, um, you know, prevention of injuries and also, you know, strategies to rehabilitate and get people back to sport. You know, the, there hasn't been uh, as, as good of research or, uh, you know, evidence into different strategies that actually are truly helpful in preventing back injuries. So we kind of have to take uh, you know, in my world of medicine, I'm a rehabilitation specialist, so I, I take some of those similar principles that we know have helped prevent um, ACL injuries, and I would, I, I, you know, kind of basically use them and, and try to uh, assume that they're also going to be helpful in preventing, uh, preventing back injuries. One of the things we know about back pain is that having a strong core and a strong, a strong foundation, you know, is, is, is helpful and most likely helpful in preventing the, the, the injury in the first place, but certainly decreasing the duration of pain you experience when you do have an injury, you know, so targeting programs on, on, on making sure individual athletes have a strong core, a good foundation will certainly be helpful in their overall back health and hopefully in preventing injuries, but certainly the re reduce the duration of the time they miss if they do have a back injury. One of the things I, you know, I look at, and I think it's similar to the ACL injuries is that, is that many athletes are really sports specific these days. So they are, they're trained from a young age to go into an individual sport and sometimes an individual position where they, uh, you know, they, they go, they really go for that particular activity. And, you know, there's a less of a focus on cross training or um, developing other parts of your foundation or your, your kinetic chain that might uh, be helpful in injury prevention. So for my, you know, my experience and knowledge, I, I really do think it's important that you step back and you build the appropriate um, building blocks in order to prevent back injuries and, and, and certainly um, the disability that results from the back injury.
Yeah, we're talking with Dr. Darren Gray of HealthPoint Medical Centers. Dr. Gray, you raise a really, really important point, not just in sport, but I guess maybe in, in the work in the workforce as well, the work environment. You mentioned environment earlier. It's such a critical part of this puzzle. I'm certain, you know, you're right. When we do look at athletes who specialize early, the the rate of overuse injuries or imbalances because of postural issues skyrockets, especially when it's not addressed. You know, one of the things we're really focusing on with our, our athletes from grassroots all the way up to our pros is preparing for sport. And that that's a big part of it. We also have to think about this in the workforce, whether you're at a desk all day or whether you're a mechanic in the shop or whether you're working on an assembly line. Um, a lot of the um, jobs in the workforce are very repetitive as well. And that's something that, that we do really need to prepare for, just like we do our athletes. No, absolutely. And you have to think that, you know, athletes are taught, um, you know, in the preseason, they have, uh, you know, they have camps to get them prepared for the season. And then they have warmups before they play activities and they have a cool down period and they receive treatment after they participate in their activity. Um, I know, you know, I treat a lot of patients that are construction workers or heavy equipment operators or, um, you know, general laborers. And, you know, you think that these, these individuals are not getting that sort of education or treatment. They, they go to work, they probably get up, go to work, um, you know, rush there, get there just in time and start their day off of, of uh, you know, laborious or repetitive or uh, various tasks that they have to do. And you think that you're not really preparing yourself uh, or your body to, uh, to, to uh, re- receive this repetitive load that it's going to over the course of the day. And so that's, you know, certainly the environment plays a factor, um, and, you know, the environment you're in and also preparing for that environment is crucial to, uh, to, to limit injuries. And I, I think that that's why one of the things when we take an approach to, you know, an average hardworking Albertan who has back pain, I, I think of them like how we think of an athlete. And one of the ways that we prepare or we rehabilitate someone who's had an injury uh, for getting them back to their activity is to look at restoring normal range of motion, in this case, of their back and their um, the, the muscles and, and uh, structures that support their back and their pelvis. We, we, then we work towards improving their strength and then, then their endurance and then also their coordination. So you have to think of these factors. And, and any, anyone that's returning to uh, or that has a job that uh, causes repetitive strain, that those, those factors are crucial. And I think, you know, as we age in our, in our professions as well, um, people don't, you know, continue to you know, maintain good strength and all those, all those factors I just talked about. So, uh, you know, that's where I think, you know, the team approach I take in treating, uh, you know, a patient like, uh, like, like an, an athlete would be treated in a team setting is, is crucial to success. Yeah, no, I really, really like that. We have to prepare. doesn't matter what your job is. So and so important. We're talking with Dr. Darren Gray from health point medical centers. Um, you know, one of your areas of interest and in, in specialty is um, pain, uh, spine pain management. And that pain management side of it is so critical for everybody because, you know, we've all been through some kind of a nick or injury, but some of us, unfortunately, have dealt with some, some critical chronic pain as well. Um, pain management is a, such a big, big part of it. And, and I don't know if we have a, a generally speaking now, like, I don't know if we have a really good um, education base on on what pain management's all about you know i uh in sport you know just the, the anti-inflammatories and the painkillers just get used so often i'm not sure that's maybe the best approach i wanted to really get your insights on this dr gray sure sure well one you know i guess when when someone first has an episode of low back pain um you know or, or has a you know whether it's an injury or they they it comes on with something fairly minor um 
is that a lot of times we're not actually able to diagnose the, the actual problem right at that moment because people tend to have quite significant pain and there's a, they have difficulty moving and there's a lot of spasm going on. And so uh, many times in the first, you know, in the first couple of weeks, they, they get a diagnosis of nonspecific low back pain or mechanical low back pain. And these terms are just uh, nonspecific. And that's often because their symptoms are somewhat nonspecific and, um, you know, hard to, hard to uh, kind of get to the bottom of the actual pain problem or what's generating the pain when it first happens. But as the pain carries on, um, if, if it doesn't naturally go away on its own, like most low back pain will resolve. And, and, and I, I tell most of my patients that they expect to, to have significant improvement within weeks and often by a month. If the pain lingers and it tends to become chronic, we, we consider pain to become chronic around the three-month mark. Um, you know, then we have to we have to start thinking about, you know, when the pain's shifting from that acute to becoming more chronic, we have to consider what is the actual pain generator, and um, and that's where you know tailoring your treatment at what the actual cause of the pain becomes more crucial. Initially, things like anti-inflammatories are useful because in that initial period of injury or pain, there's there in many cases, not always, there's 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 an element of inflammation going on, and uh, inflammation, um, you know, basically causes pain. The muscles will go into spasm. We have difficulty moving, so we it's it's, it's reasonable to, in many cases to take anti-inflammatory medications during those acute pain episodes where um, there is inflammation going on and. Uh, we're unable to do our rehab because we we can't really tolerate it, or we can't um, we can't keep moving even though we should. So you know it's very different in the early stages compared to the later. And in my world, when pain starts to become a little more chronic, uh, I start to think of using spinal intervention, or in usually which refers to injections, as a way to both diagnose the, where the pain is coming from and also treat it. And, and I, I believe that it's it's not as well recognized out there as it could be um, because. You know, most people think of, you know, taking a medication and then um, going to physiotherapy, which are great things, but at some point if things aren't resolving or we need help getting a diagnosis, that's when I'll use spinal intervention or injection techniques to help determine what's going on. And what I often do is I, I look at somebody, I'll assess them, and then I'll have a pretty good idea of what I think is going on. But in order to help delineate which structure is causing or which, in, which structure is the main source of pain, I'll sometimes use x-ray or ultrasound to inject the structure one by one and freeze the structure to see if that's where the pain is coming from. And I can use that to help give a diagnosis. And then that'll be the foundation for then treatment, which sometimes includes injections. It might include other medications or sending them back to one of my other team members like physiotherapy or athletic therapy um, to help initiate a, a rehabilitation program focused on that diagnosis. Yeah, that's incredible. You know, and I, I do, you're right. I don't think a lot of people know that part of it. It's so incredible. Technology is so advanced now and it's allowing the medical experts as such as yourself to really, really address things in ways we could never do it before. It's actually a very exciting time in medicine, wouldn't you say? Well, I think so. And I, I love what I do. And, you know, I, I love the challenge of um, assessing someone and, you know, thinking about what could be going on and then getting to work and trying to, you know, to prove my theory or uh, using using technology and using injections and um, using my skill set to help people get better. Yeah. Dr. Gray, really appreciate this conversation today. It is so, so important. Again, you know, when we look at the number of people who already have experienced back pain or some, some form of musculoskeletal injury or pain and the number of people who will moving forward, hopefully we'll get people thinking about maybe some of the preventative things, but also if you are experiencing pain, there's hope out there, right? Maybe that's the big message here. 
I think so. Uh, there is hope. And I think there, there's a lot of um, people that live with pain that could be significantly better managed. And I think that, that the first step in, in order to, to improving someone's quality of life is to give them a diagnosis, provide treatment that might not cure their back, but often will significantly improve the pain, allow them to participate in rehabilitation to improve their, uh, their strength and their endurance and get them back doing things they love to do. So there absolutely is hope. And I think that um, many people are unaware of it or it may, maybe their, their own healthcare providers are unaware of what, what there is beyond basic traditional approaches to low back pain. Yeah, for sure. No question. Dr. Gray, really appreciate your insight and your expertise here today. Much appreciated. Hey, well, thanks for having me. I really hope uh, your back pain gets under better control as well. Uh-huh, so do I. I'll be coming to see you next. Yeah. <laughs> I know where you sure. are. I know where you are. So expect expect me knocking on your door here at some point. Sounds good. Look forward to seeing you. <laughs> he thinks I'm joking. Wait till he sees me standing in his doorway, knocking on his door. <laughs> they don't know this is no joke and you've got to knock on doors honestly you know no matter who you're working with you might have a great team around you but there are a lot of technologies out there that are available and uh you know maybe some of the general practitioners aren't familiar familiar with them or you know maybe your team doesn't have access to them listen the one thing that i love about uh the team over at health point there is you know they're they're about collaboration with uh other practitioners in the area and clinics in the area they just want to work together to help you get better and get you back to what you love to do and for me personally i'm still going through that process it's been two years now thought we had it licked but it's a little more serious than we all thought so i'll keep you posted on my situation and i'm praying that this might be a warning shot for everybody out there who's never had back pain now most common it happens age 30 to 50 that's where it starts really coming down and if you can get in the mindset of taking care of that foundation or building that foundation, like Dr. Gray had mentioned, you might be able to avoid it. When you look at these global statistics, it's crazy. We should be able to take care of it. If we really understand the problem, look, we say it in all of our programs, doesn't matter what we're looking at. If we really, truly understand the problem, we have a good shot of fixing it, right? And that again, goes back to what Dr. Gray was saying about using that interdisciplinary team to really understand what each patient is going through, because it can be very different from person to person. It is a process and it is incredibly different for everybody. So how about we wrap this conversation up? It's an important conversation and there's a few more things I think we need to discuss on this. So let's get out for a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about back pain, preventing back pain. I'll share some stories with you on some of the athletes that we've helped through some terrible, terrible back issues to return to play better than ever in some cases. So there is hope. Let's talk about that right after this on Crush Performance. Stick around. Get the Crush blog, podcasts, Twitter, and Facebook links at crushperformance.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to Crush Performance, everybody. Just finished up a fantastic conversation with Dr. Darren Gray from HealthPoint Medical Centers talking about back pain and strategies for dealing with back pain. Aren't those numbers incredible? When you look at the statistic, the fact that 80% of the human population will experience back pain at some point in their lives. That's from the World Health Organization. In Canada, from Stats Canada, the fact that, you know, four out of five people will eventually have some form of back pain, whether it's short-term or long-term, and it usually happens in Canada between the ages of 30 and 50. So let's get ready for that. Let's help you prevent it. 
when you look at the impact it's having on the workforce, you know, it's the leading cause for disability worldwide. And 50% of all working adults report having back pain symptoms each year. 50% of all working adults. Not to mention how it impacts you, the individual, especially if these things turn chronic. You know, anything over three months is typically classified as chronic pain, something that's gone beyond sort of the norms of managing back injury. But when you get beyond those three months, I'm two years in now, and it is something else. I'm telling you, it's a struggle some days. I totally get it. So prevention has got to be one of our key strategies here. And again, when you go back to looking at sport, something that's near and dear to us personally here at Crush Performance, but for every athlete, coach, parent, and organization that we communicate with, whether it's through the radio show or whether I consult with them. When you look at the impact of injuries on sport and sport participation, you know, those statistics that we mentioned earlier in the show are alarming. Injuries are one of the leading reasons athletes drop out of sport at all levels, especially leading up to 17 years of age. So preventing injuries through those timeframes and periods of development are incredibly, incredibly important. Here's the issue with that, however. As your young athletes start going into their peak height velocity, into their rapid growth stages, they're at the highest risk of injury. And this is a warning shot across the bow in the world of sport, because typically when the kids go through that growth phase, you know, we tend to be in a situation where we're doing more. Or maybe if the kids are developing early, they're bigger and maybe a little stronger than the kids around them, and maybe they perform a little better, so we use them more in sport. You know, maybe they're our, our starting pitcher, or they're on our first line, or they get more ice time than the other kids. What we need to understand is those kids, especially if they're operating at higher intensities, if they're faster, stronger, more powerful than their peers, they are at higher risk for injury. There's two major variables that we really need to consider in sport when we're managing our athletes. You know, we've all heard about player management, load management, periodization. Look, none of this is new. Listen to me carefully. As much as the media hypes it up and, and makes it all shiny and sounding new, it is not new. Athlete management has existed since the beginning of sport, since the beginning of man competing against man, woman against woman, since we started competing against each other. All right? It's been there from the beginning of time. So it's not new. It's not a new concept at all. We've learned a lot. Science has led us down certain roads of discovery when it comes to human performance and recovery. You know, simple things and crazy things like we don't static stretch prior to competition or training. We static stretch afterwards, right? It makes sense. We dynamic, do dynamic movement-oriented warm-ups now. It decreases injury, increases performance flat out. We don't use ice anymore. When it comes to managing injuries, we know this now. The science is there. As much as we've used ice, you know, since the beginning of time, uh, we now know that ice is counterproductive for most injury management situations. So these things that we've learned along the way in terms of how to manage ourselves in competition and in life in general, there's two main variables that we have to consider that I just don't think that we're we're doing a good job of, and that's volume and intensity. And then there's the purity of movement as well. Like how efficient are you at movement? You know, we talked about those kids who are going through their, you know, their rapid growth curves. Well, typically their long bones are growing, their muscles are stretched out, their tendons and ligaments are under stress. They're, 
way more susceptible to injury, but also their nervous systems sometimes can't keep up with their growth. We've had athletes in some of our programs where they've grown so fast through, you know, 13, 14, 15, 16 years of age. They've grown so fast. Their long bones have grown so fast that their entire torsos are just stretched out with stretch marks. The skin can't keep up how fast they're growing. Right. And, and that is incredible, especially when you look at the demands of sport these days. And what do we do? We just treat those athletes like every other athlete. We can't do it. And Dr. Gray mentioned some very interesting things about the workforce and in being in the workforce. You know, just like we talk about our dynamic warm ups and getting our athletes ready for sport and ready for training. We don't get ready for work. What do we do to get ready for work? You know, we shuffle the kids out the door, we chug some coffee, maybe hopefully eat some breakfast, and we show up at work and just start going without any preparation at all. And that's part of the problem. I mean, these statistics we have on back injuries and chronic back injuries and, and chronic pain uh, from low back are astounding. And I think it's just going to take a shift in thinking. Can you imagine what an opportunity you have if you stay healthy? This is one of the things that we talk to our competitive athletes about. You know, one of the greatest things we can do with our athletes, especially if they're in hot pursuit of a high performance pathway, is ensure they stay healthy. And that all happens around preparing for sport, preparing for sport properly. A very important concept. You know, we get caught up in overcompeting and overtraining in terms of the technical, tactical side of sport. But we very, very rarely spend enough time or enough time on strategies to prepare ourselves for sport. Most sports, if you simply do the sport, most sports take away more than they give back. Or you get to a point where there's diminishing returns. So take, let's say, take distance running, for example. Okay, we know that you can run to get better at running. But if you don't prepare your body for the demands of running, you will break down sooner or later. It's inevitable. Same thing with our cyclists, exact same thing with our swimmers, exact same principles for our team athletes, regardless of the sport. You need to prepare for the sport. And then, you know, for our older athletes who might be specialized in a position like Dr. Gray had mentioned. Not only are we specializing in sport, but then we may be specializing at a particular position in sport. We have to make sure that you're prepared for that position. Like right now, if you look at what's going on in the world of sport right now, like the NFL, you know, training an offensive lineman is 100% different than training a quarterback or a wide receiver or even a running back, right? Defensive or defensive uh, backs, right? Or our defensive linemen. It's a very different training protocol than our offensive linemen, right? So all those positions have unique demands that you can address in training. Now, yes, there's some general stuff that needs to get done, but there are sports-specific demands that you have to address. In baseball right now, man, we're heading into what's going to be an incredible postseason. I got a feeling it's heating up. Major League Baseball is heating up. But if you look at the pitchers right now, man, we're getting to the end of a season. Athlete management, player management right now is so critical for these teams that are in the hunt. Oh my goodness. It is more critical than ever. And if you've done everything right over the course of the season, you can have guys actually elevate their performance 
at the end of the year. When you get into that kind of a rhythm, boy, the Tampa Rays, I watch them. I'm just going, okay, listen, that's, that's what they're doing there. And I know, I know the people, some of the people in, the, in that organization, oh, boy, boy, they're doing it right. Okay, just watch the injury rates. Hopefully, everybody's at a point now where we're managing our athletes, where we get down to this, this postseason push. We're going to see an elevation in performance because we're really managing our athletes well, but also they're prepared for it. And if you're not prepared for it, you're going to break down. You know, uh, last week when we talked about the NFL season, Connor brought up a really interesting point about the attitude and mindset. And Dr. Morazic mentioned it as well. The preparation of these teams and the, I guess, the mindset of managing the athletes better especially in practice and training camp. The Chargers, Connor mentioned the Chargers, making sure uh, the sleep, uh, the number of times they practice per week, the number of times they're wearing pads and what they're doing when it's full contact practice. There's not a lot of it going on. So watch the Chargers here for no other reason than to see what kind of injury list they have as we move into the season. This is the attitude that's got to change, not just in sport, but everywhere we go, including our workforce. I have to get back to this to the roots of the problem, though. I wonder if we don't need to totally revamp our physical education program in our schools. And listen, I get it. Some young kids in the lower grades, they don't want to do sport. They don't want to do phys ed. Listen, we know it's better for academics. We know it's better for health. And we know it's better for those athletes who want to pursue sport in, in the long term. All right? I just got to think we're not really utilizing our school systems the way we could. And when you look at some of those countries that are dominating sport, especially those Nordic countries like Finland, Denmark, Norway, Sweden, they're dominating sport because they have an infrastructure that's infallible. They're getting the kids involved. Whether they pursue sport or not doesn't matter, but they're a healthier population for it. There is so much to learn from the way these countries are operating. You can see parts of it happening in North American sport, you know, US, Canada, even in Mexico. You can see parts of it, but, but not holistically like they're doing. Oh my goodness. I can't wait for the next Winter Olympics. Is Norway going to dominate the world again with what? 5.9 million people? Absolutely crush the world in the Winter Olympics. It is an incredible real life experiment of human performance right there. So Anyway, I could go on all day about this, but hey, would you guys want to have a show where we just talk about pure athlete management, recovery, regeneration? We can do that. I mean, I could talk about that probably for six hours straight right now. And not that I know everything. Don't get me wrong. You guys know me by now. It's not, that's not how I operate. But listen, I've been around some brilliant people over the last 30 years in sport. And I have really, really dedicated you know, my efforts to getting an understanding of what it takes to tap into human performance and human maximum performance. And if there's one key that I would focus in on first and foremost, and that's how we operate with all of our programs, it's recovery and regeneration. That's what it's all about. We build around those two factors. And then we build from the inside out, build that foundation. And then we eventually get to sports specific demands and attack performance in sport. Whew, so much fun. All right, listen, that's it for today, everybody. We are out of time. I have to thank Dr. Gray for joining us from HealthPoint Medical Centers. You can check them out at healthpoint.com. Coming up in the next few weeks, listen, I'm fired up here. You know, one of our major themes for 2021 was the crush brain game, trying to look at 
Should the brain be more of a top priority when we're addressing performance in our athletes and well, doesn't matter in, in business, in sport, in life, you know, uh, we've been very reactive on the brain side, but really getting an understanding of what the brain game consists of. It's more than just psychology. Everybody talks about the mental game. Yes, incredibly important, but it is one small, tiny piece of the brain game puzzle. It's my position that the brain and the brain game should be positioned as one of our top priorities in sport. And that's what it's all about. That series is going to continue. We've got some incredible conversations coming up and you're going to get a look inside my brain. I've done a brain map and we've looked at how my brain is operating. And then we've also looked at some of the modalities and programs that we can use to attack certain parts of my brain to improve my performance. Also, we can get a better understanding of how this thing works. It's incredible. I can't wait to share that. We're also going to talk to some world-renowned experts on the topic. And we'll also be getting back to the crush war on sugar with the next episode of the Science of Sweetness, looking at how the food you eat impacts your metabolism, your health, your brain, and your performance. It is such an important series here on Crush Performance, and it's going to roll on. So that's all coming up, everybody. If you want to hear more about athlete management, hey, just write to us. Info at Crush Performance is the email. Say, hey, Crusher, let's hear it, man. Or if you have questions, or if you have ideas, or if you have things that you've done that have really helped you out, let us know. If you've been through back pain, and maybe you've had a surgery, hey, I'd love to hear from you. Not just, not just for the radio show, but personally. Look, I'm going through it. Some days I can't walk, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's terrible. I can't do my job. I can't help my athletes the way I want. It's so, so frustrating. And, and I'm telling you, it really does get to you. It gets to your core. And, and not just from the lack of, of function, but the pain, the nonstop pain. I get it. So if you've been through it, I'd love to hear from you. And, and I, I know everybody who, who's out there that's dealing with it would love to hear from you as well. So please write in, call in, text me, follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Crush, however it works. Whatever works for you, love to hear from you. All right? Okay, that's it for this week, everybody. Get out there. Be safe, have some fun, and most importantly, get better. Talk to you next time right here on Crush Performance. I'm Jerry Petock, CEO of Radio Influence. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thank you for downloading and subscribing to this podcast. There are a lot of people behind the scenes here at Radio Influence that work hard to keep you entertained day in and day out. If you'd like to get involved and advertise on this program, or if you have some show ideas that you'd like to see us add to the Radio Influence family, please email us at contact at radioinfluence.com. We all have crazy schedules, so the fact that you took time out of your busy day to let us entertain you for a while means a lot. Without you, the listeners, we wouldn't exist. So thank you again for downloading and subscribing to this show. Don't forget to check out radioinfluence.com to see what other shows we also have to offer. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. 